Hi, this is the Social Jello with Angelo show. My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo show. Hey, what's up? Thanks for checking out Social Jello with Angelo. If you want to support the show, really easy, just click subscribe on my YouTube channel. If you're listening to this from uh, iTunes, just jump on YouTube real quick, look up Social Jello or Google it, and subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's much appreciated. Today I'm interviewing Professor Ronnie Sigiri. He is a martial arts instructor. Um, he's a Kajukembo martial arts instructor. If you're following the show, I'm kind of doing a small series here with a lot of my uh, my training inspirations, I guess, people that have inspired me, as well as people who I know personally and I train with. So I, it was a really good podcast. I really enjoyed hearing his story. Uh, I'm not going to take up too much more time, so just check it out. You gotta so what's up, man? Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Anytime, anytime, anytime. Uh, for some of my listeners out there, I, uh, I'm, uh, as I already introduced our, our guest today. And uh, just another quick note that I did not mention in the introduction is that uh, Ronnie Isagiri is actually the first person who formally taught me martial arts. So he's actually my martial arts instructor on top of that. All the other cool stuff that I mentioned earlier. But um, either way, brother, um, like I told you, we've been uh, kind of reformatting the show. I'm trying to focus a little more on martial arts and, uh, and sharing people's journeys. So I guess uh, just to kind of start off the show, um, what what got you into martial arts? Um, you know, I don't know if I ever told you the story. Uh, uh, what what got me started? I, I I think I told you what got me into Kaju Kembo, but as far as like my beginnings with martial arts, um, it, I was in grade school and I was always the smallest kid in class, so you know I, I would I would get picked on and. So I came home one day and, you know, the kids were fighting and, and I didn't know how to fight or anything like that. So I was talking to my mom and she knew she actually knew some karate. So she showed me a few moves. She showed me some blocks. She showed me how to punch and, you know, defend myself. So I went to school basically, you know, with that knowledge and I tried it out. I actually tried it out on, on my best friend in school, which is, <laughs> which is really sad, you know, and, uh, you know, I felt, I felt, you know, pretty, um, you know, I felt, I felt I'm, I'm, like powerful, like, you know, like I was in control and it was sad because it was my best friend, but, you know, we were going at it in front of, you know, our classmates and everyone screaming and yeah, you know, and then, and they started trying to tell me how to fight. You know, and it's like, well, my mom taught me how to do karate. They're like, oh, you need to put your hands up. You need to do this. You do that. And I'm like, no, this is my blocking arm. And this is my punching arm. And, you know, I just I stuck with exactly what my mom told me and and, uh, you know, fought my friend. And uh, he was mad at me. And then after school, you know, I went and apologized and and we were cool. So <laughs> that was uh, my first uh, exposure with martial arts. And I actually got uh, uh, hands on using it and. You know, not really a, a good way, I would say, you know, if, if it was my student, you always tell your students, well, you know, this is for self-defense. I don't want you using it. And, you know, I went to school and I, it kind of was self-defense, but it kind of wasn't because I knew, you know, every day I'd get picked on it. I knew I was going to get in a fight. So, you know, it's kind of, you know, 50-50. But that, that was my first exposure to uh, martial arts was uh, my mom, you know. <laughs> your mom and, and beating up your friend. <laughs> and beating up my best friend. Yep, yep. You know, I, I had to prove myself to everybody. So, <laughs> well, I, I think it's interesting because, like, I, um, I've, I've interviewed. Uh, well, I haven't formally interviewed that many martial artists. But, you know, in in my past, I've met, I've trained with so many people. And when you ask that question, like, what got you into martial arts? There is a really common narrative 
of uh, of bullying. Uh, bullying is one of the biggest things. Like a lot of people come from a background of being bullied, and uh, that makes them want to learn how to fight, and then they end up finding themselves through that. So, mm-hmm. so your mom taught you a few a few blocks, some moves, some yeah. moves, blocks and punches and kicks. Yeah, some moves. And then from there, uh, what would you say was the first style that you formally started training in? Um, well, it, it was uh, Kaju Kembo was the first, uh, you know, first martial, you know, real martial arts that I was exposed to. You know, I, I guess I got to tell you the story because uh, it's I know we're going to get into it. You know, why why I started Kaju Kembo or how I started Kaju Kembo. So, um, you know, shortly after the. Um, you know, that bullying incident and fighting my best friend and, and learning a few moves from my mom. Um, I, we used to watch uh, Black Belt Theater and Kung Fu Theater. You, you know, they don't, they, I don't think they show that anymore, but they used to have that. And, and, you know, I used to watch it and it was Bruce Lee week, actually. So they were showing all the classics, Bruce Lee, and then the imitation Bruce Lee movies. Um, you know, I recall, um, gosh, what was that? Uh, Exit the Dragon, Enter the Tiger, um, you know, there, there are a few others, but I was watching uh, Bruce Lee Week, and this, I was, I was 10 years old, I was just a little kid, and my sister came home and said, uh, hey, do, do you want to learn some martial arts, some karate? And I looked at her like, what are we talking about? You know, and I was excited. I was jumping all over the furniture, Whoa, you know, kicking things. And, and you know, she said that. I'm, and I looked at it and she said, dad, dad said we can do karate. And, you know, one thing, one thing about my dad is um, we really – I never did any sports. He, he really wasn't supportive of, of uh, any of that and, and really any of the physical or, or just he – was, he was always working. He was a workaholic or he was going to school. So – we didn't either have time or, or we just we just never did sports or organize or so when she said dad said we can do karate it was like a big deal i'm like okay and plus it was bruce lee week you know i wasn't gonna say no <laughs> you know <laughs> so so you know her friend it was her best friend and her family which was um michelle navalta and the whole family their whole family the navalta family tony kathy uh uh, Michael, that they were all in it. So we we show up to the class, and it was it was on Miramar at the um, Miramar uh, swimming pool. They had a like a rec room, it was a wrestling room, and we go in there. and And I remember going in there just to watch. You know, the first time I was going to try it out, and you know they they were all there and stretching out together, and you know basically they had red T-shirts on and and a uh, and, uh, black kung fu pants, or some people had full, full geese, but most, most of the, the kids were wearing uh, the red t-shirts with the Kung Fu pants and they were stretching out and, and doing all the punches and blocks. And then, um, at the time, uh, it was, uh, Sifu Alan Abad was, was teaching and it's just the way he, uh, I don't know when he, when he walked in, it was like, you know, everyone was just like, you know, at attention, just focused. And you, you could see just the, the, the respect there. And, you know, he said something and, and they, they followed, they, they did it. So, you know, we got in there and we, we started training and, you know, it was cool. And I was like, wow, this is better than, you know, watching those Bruce Lee movies because this is real. And then, you know, when I learned, oh, this is Kajikembo, automatically I fell with it and said, you know what, this is, this is the best martial arts in the world. You know, not even knowing, you know what I was exposed to because at the time I didn't know I was a little kid, you know, this is 1980 and, you know, we never heard of mixed martial arts, but apparently that was the first mixed martial art, you know, that was founded on on American soil right there. And, and I had the opportunity to learn at a young age. So, you know, it was very common in class. He would put us in a horse dance and he would just walk away or he'd leave the room or, you know, or walk around the room punching us, you know, ch- testing our key eyes. And, and just it was hard training. It was really hard, you know, but we loved it. And then his his wife um, at the time, uh, she was Seabot, Seabot Gurley, about when she came in. Oh, my God. She put the fear in us. It's like when she was teaching class, we were more afraid of her 
than we were of uh, of Sifu. For some reason, when she was teaching class, it was like she's gonna hit us, you know, she's gonna yell at us. She's gonna, I don't know, it's just something. And and uh, but she was tough, you know. I had the the highest respect for both of them. But you know, she was uh, you know, like at the time, um, you know, the the toughest woman that I knew. You know, I was like, wow, you know, you know, she's tough, but I'm scared of her. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but um, yeah, a a lot of uh. <laughs> you know, uh, good, uh, instructors came out of that class, you know, at the, at the time at the uh, Miramar base and it was, it was affordable. I, I can't remember what we paid, but in order for my dad to agree to let me to do some, you know, do something like that, it, it must've been really cheap. I, maybe $5 a month. I don't know. Um, something, something inexpensive because, you know, um, Sifu, uh, you know, Sifu, uh, Alan Abad, he wasn't about the money. He was about, you know, the teaching, the martial arts. And whenever he would, he would go visit like a school, he would go up North or he'd visit a school. He would come back. And, oh man, he would just kick our ass. He would work us hard, you know, cause he'd, he'd see what people were working and come back and it's like, okay, we're going to work harder. You know, I, I'm not exactly sure what he was comparing because I was just a kid at the time. All I know is whenever, you know, he, he was gone for a while, he'd come back class would be even harder and and we would work i remember doing a, a knuckle push-ups on the concrete was was common you know and it's funny because a lot of those things i adopted into my teaching you know doing the knuckle push-ups i wanted my kids to experience that i you know so i'm I remember one time i made my my oldest son johnny do 100 knuckle push-ups on the concrete you know and i said okay i remember doing knuckle push-ups He's going to remember doing knuckle push-ups and <laughs> it's just, you know, call it family tradition. But, uh, yeah, that was, um, that was my exposure, uh, you know, to, uh, real martial arts, Kajikembo. And, and like I said, at the time, I didn't know how lucky I was, uh, you know, to be doing the martial arts and just, you know, through the years, um, you know, you get older, um, you're not as active. I, I tried, you know, another class, I didn't like it. It was always Kajikembo, Kajikembo. It was just for some reason, it was just in my blood. It's just, I had to, I just always had to do it. I, I couldn't accept anything other than Kajikembo. And, you know, I would say, yeah, I'm a Kajikembo man. That's, that's what I do, breathe. And then, well, you, you know, you're a Kajikembo man too. So yeah, you know yeah. the philosophy, uh, you know, that I, and the opportunity you have because you don't have to limit yourself. You know, no. if I was taking Taekwondo, then that's all I would be doing. And I couldn't go outside the lines, you know? Yeah, there's and, a lot of boxes, right? A lot of boxes. Yeah, boxes. You know, Sty stylists, it, stylists. Like when I, when I meet, especially being in Japan, I meet a lot of stylists. Like mm -hmm. they're very traditional. So this is the style they practice. And deviating from that style is sacrilegious. Like, yeah, know, yeah. If, if you are studying karate, and you're not just studying karate, you are studying this particular brand, Dajun, Ryu, whatever, then, then going and doing Kyukushin, which would still involve punching and kicking, and probably the same rules would be, that's no, because they're kicking with their right leg, and the other people are kicking with their left leg, and we don't kick with our right leg here, so sorry. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> you know what I think, you know what I think about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so kind of going back to your story, um, how old were you at this point? Like, no, I, I was, I, you said you I were was young, but yeah, I was ten years old. You're ten years old, and yeah, and I've talked about Kajikembo before to my listeners, um, and I've mentioned about how it's how it's uh, it's roots in Hawaii and how it is the original MMA. Um, I know some people on the internet might beg to differ, say whatever they're going to say, but the more I dive into MMA because I kind of went the other way out. I found Kajukembo very similar to you. I found Kajukembo. That was the first formal training I did. And I was really heavily influenced by Bruce Lee, as, as you know as well. Mm -hmm. um, and the more, I, the more I go out there and the more MMA academies I visit in China and, and out here in Japan and, and the other, and now working with the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu Academy out here, the more I see that Kaju Kembo is the original MMA. Because, I mean, again, since I started with Kaju Kembo, and as you know, MMA wasn't popular back then. Now MMA is popular. 
I kind of did this full circle coming back to see, just to kind of on my own, see what's going on. And the more I look into it, the more people I meet that have this philosophy. MMA is still evolving even now. The more I realize that everything that I was practicing, everything that I was taught, the approach and methods of Kaja Kembo are MMA. They really are MMA. I, I, I don't know what to tell people that don't know about it or how to explain it to them, but all I want to say is if you train in any style and you're looking to get into MMA and you really do understand what MMA is supposed to be, the more MMA coaches I talk to and I tell them, hey, this is what I did, some of them have like an idea of what Kaja Kembo is, but when I start talking about, like we start training together, they're like, oh, sh- hey, yeah, you do MMA. I'm like, yeah, well, that's... That's what my this is what I've been doing for years, and the people I know have been doing for years. But um, yeah, yeah, kind of bringing in that. If uh, one thing I haven't really talked to my listeners about is who who uh, Chizu Allen about is. I've mentioned him in a few stories here and there when I talk about Kaja Campbell with some of the other people that I've had on this show. But uh, if you wouldn't mind, just kind of. I guess kind of talking about who he is and what he did, a little bit of his history, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what, what, what I'd like to do, I don't want to uh, give too much because what I, what I hope and I think would be really cool is actually if you interviewed uh, his daughter, uh, Professor Angie Abad, if you could get her on the show, then you can get more in depth, you know, uh, of, about Shizu. I mean, I th- I think that would be great. That would be but, awesome. So you if, know, I, if I could, let me, I'm kind of segueing, segueing to that. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I know I know we we got you know what only an hour, but there's so much that we can talk about because we haven't even touched on my um, my sickness, you know, my illness. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's and that's going to take a while. To, I'm sure when we dive into that, that, that is be that a, is a long conversation. I guess. But uh, uh, if you could just kind of talk uh, about, I guess I, I guess if you could just kind of mention um without going into a deep history of of everything because he's done a lot if you can just kind of talk about um what what he what he briefly what what how he's influenced kaja kembo like what where is he in that giant tree of kaja kembo and his relation to uh the founder imperado if you could just kind of quick kind of go over that and how how that affected your training i guess if we could do like a connection that way yeah yeah so you know as as far as um you know date and things like that like um you know how long he's known him or or the specifics of of how he met um or how he he knew cjo um you know that's that'd be something you'd have to uh you know ask uh his his family that they'd have more information you know um I, I was a student, but you know, there's a lot of things that, as a student, you know, you don't really, you don't think you have a limited amount of time to get that information, you know. But even even when he was ill, and we were getting together and and uh, putting together a MICA, which is a Box Martial Arts International Kajikembo Association, you know, we were brainstorming and, and talking about this and that. But you know, there's so much history that. I didn't get, you know, it's in my book, but there's, there, it goes deeper, you know, because he's trained since he was a kid. I mean, he was into boxing, uh, Kempo, Kung Fu, you know, a, a lot of these different styles. Um, but let me just give you, um, you know, the, um, just, just kind of a brief, uh, you know, of, of who he was to me as far as he was, he was my teacher. Um, he, he founded a, um, a style of Kaju Kembo, um, his style of Kaju Kembo, which he called Hunga Kembo, and he was the founder. Uh, so we called him Shizu, and his his two uh, direct, I guess, if you want to say uh, lineages, came from Sijo. You know, he got the Kaju Kembo, but then he also had a Kung Fu teacher, um, um, Sifu Jamesy Brow was his Kung Fu teacher, and he got all the Kung Fu. The hungar, the wushu, the tai chi, he got all that, and he he basically um, in in the eighties he brought wushu into his kajukembo and combined it, 
And I don't know at the time if other schools were doing it. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a few schools out there, but you can see the difference between the, the Kajikembo schools that incorporated the soft styles and the ones that did not, you know, because we still, we still claim to be the uh, Imperato method or the original method, but, you know, we mixed in more of the soft style to uh, soften our movement. And he, he brought that in. You know, when you watched him, they called it, you know, they called it liquid fire, you know, just the way he moved. And, and you can look him up on YouTube and see how he moves. In fact, he's got some uh, um, some seminars that I actually put up for free because I didn't want anyone trying to profit off of, you know, off of him. And I got permission from the family to put it up. So I put it up for free so you can you can watch the uh, the seminar and, and kind of get a, you know, how he teaches because, I mean, it was, I don't know how to explain it. You know, it's different. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's Hawaiian. He's got the, uh, you know, the way they, they talk, um, just the culture. He brought the, uh, the, the culture and he was just, uh, as far as, you know, he was strong. He, um, when he got sick from cancer, you know, without treatment, you know, they gave him a, a couple of months to live and he lived for two years after that. Um, you know, he he had a he was a father of five daughters. Um, what else could I say? <laughs> you know, no, say no. about him. Yeah. He was just a great guy, and he, he was just my inspiration. And and I'm as far as I'm concerned, in my mind, I I considered him one of the greatest martial artists of all time. You know, he brought the um, when you watch the Kajukembo, um as, as as far as this is the knowledge. This is what I had heard that originally when they would do takedowns. It was always one strike, one kill. See, Joe, you know, you know, taught the old school, you know, that one powerful killing strike. And um, Shizu brought in the, uh, the the repetitions and the rotations. And you could see you could see it on YouTube. It's it's up there if you search up. But he he would do all them them combination strikes with the takedown, and that's that's really um, what he was known for. And and people love love to see that. You know, when we get down, when, you know, when we're doing the monkey line, we're doing our self-defense, you know, that's, that's what they want to see. You know, they don't want to, they don't want to watch us do forums. I mean, we're, we're really good at forums and I love forums and that could be a whole new, you know, conversation. <laughs> Me and you, we can go, go on for days on, you know, cause people talking smack about, you know, you know, a forum's a waste of time. You know, don't, don't, you know, don't do that. It's like saying, well, don't shadow box, you know, don't practice your basics. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Anyways, um, yeah, so, you know, he brought that, you know, and everyone, everyone wanted it. That's like a piece, you know, everyone bringing, bringing something to, to the table. And like we talked about, you know, Kajikemo, it's, it's limitless. You know, people are constantly bringing things to the table. And it's, it's one of those martial arts that, you know, you're not going to get scolded. It's, oh, well, you know, why are you doing that? You know, it's like, well, that's great. You know, can I use that or can I not use it? Okay, that's great. I can use it. All right, I'm going to teach my students that. Yeah. Um, if it and, works, and he, keep it, right? Yeah. And and you, well, you, 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 I know you've been fortunate. You had, you were there when he was having some of the one-on-one -on -one conversations with me. You were, you were sitting right there when he would, when he would talk to me. And uh, I don't know if you remember one of the things he said about um, exploring the, the different uh, styles of Kajikembo, you know you know, pick one and, and, uh, study it. And, you know, like for example, you're doing jujitsu, which is one of the styles of Kajikembo that's combined, you know, and he would back it, you know, go, you know, some people go into the Kung Fu and, and did, well, you know, I was lucky to do, uh, the, the Wushu, the Kung Fu, you know, just at the same time to kind of explore, you know, these, these different, uh, styles. So I, I, I feel like it's just endless. It's just, Everything that I need is right here in front of me. I, yeah. I don't have to, you, you know what I mean? Well, like, and, and yeah, definitely. It's, it's got, it's got the, the, it's an acronym, but at the same time, like I said earlier, and I, a lot of people don't understand why I say it's MMA. Uh, and as I was saying, if, if you don't, if you're listening to this and you don't come, you don't study martial arts and you're still kind of wondering what it is, just to briefly explain martial arts have different styles and many people stick just to that one type of style but Kajukembo encourages their students and like you said I was lucky enough to be there and listen to Shizu talk about how if we want to get 
better at our Kaju Kembo. And we always talked about our Kaju Kembo, like how we grab all this knowledge and make it our own. And he encouraged us, like you said, he encouraged us to, to, to break down into the, into that acronym of Ka for karate, Ju for judo and jujitsu, Ken for Kempo and Wushu Kung Fu and Bo for boxing and pick one and really dive into it to make yourself, uh, to, to just, you know, really be a more fully rounded martial artist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I treat that all to uh, Shizu Abad, just his philosophy, you know, just his teaching. And, uh, you know, it would, well, you know, you, like I said, you were there. So it's, it's hard to put into words, you know, about him. And I mean, I got a book I could, I could read, you know, line for line, you know, when he started it, you know, it's, uh, it said he started it when he was eight years old, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I, it doesn't justice me reading from the book. That's why I say, you know what, let's let's see if we can't get a can't get his daughter, you know, one of his daughters on the show. And then you can hear from them in their own words. I think that would be great. Yeah. And uh, in fact, I reach out and then I'll, you know, if you need my help reaching out, you know, I think it's a great opportunity, you know, to get one of the at least one of the daughters or maybe a couple of the daughters on the show, because, you know, they have, uh, you know, different uh, perceptions of things. And and they've 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 all trained. uh, you know, it's interesting because you see, you know, one daughter, if you look at uh, um, Angie Abad, and when I see her, she kind of reminds me of the old school days, you know, the, the hard style of Kaji Kembo, you know, like that we used to train. And then when I look at the other daughter, when I look at uh, Dolly, uh, Dolly's got uh, more of the Kung Fu or the softer side. You know, she's got it, you know, like more current because she she was, uh, you know, continued training with the Kung Fu side because and Angie's the older daughter, the oldest daughter. So, you know, she was, you know, off going to school or working and you know what I mean? So she wasn't you couldn't be I, I you know, I just these are my thought process that when you're away at college, you're not going to be there training with your dad all the time. You know, so a younger daughter, you know, your younger sister would have more opportunities to train with so the family. it's more like she's, they, they've kind of, well, again, like, and I, I think this has to do with that and also the idea of, like we said earlier, about how Shizu throughout the years, he changed and adapted and he was always pushing to evolve in different yes, ways. Yes. And he always pushed his students to evolve in different ways. Like, I'm always talking about this to, to my students. Like, if you look at my Kajakembo and I look at your Kajakembo, there's going to be some similarities, but there's also going to be some differences because of the way we evolve and we grow. And, and you know, people, like you said, people move, they go to college, they go to other countries in my case. But um, with that, you, I think that's really like Shizu embraced that. Well, some instructors would cut you off, be like, hey, you're gone, you're done. Shizu wouldn't do that. He would say, go and, and grow and evolve what, what I've taught you and, and grow that. And that's why... You can see those differences even even between his daughters, which I I'm really looking forward to interviewing them and asking more questions about that. So yeah, and then just kind of going back real quick to my listeners who don't know what wushu kung fu is. Uh, wushu is a style of Chinese kung fu that it's kind of a general term. I've mentioned this before. It incorporates different types because if you look at kung fu itself, there's also a lot of styles in kung fu. So um, wushu is kind of a general term that encompasses several styles of Kung Fu. Um, and uh, you can look that up, Google it, and you'll learn a little more if that's something that you want to learn more about. Um, so, uh, I guess my next question for you would be, how did martial arts change your personal life? Um, well, you know, obviously the bullying, in the, you know, <laughs> it helped with that. Um, as as I got older, you know, just training in the martial arts, the um, I'd say the discipline, you know, keeping me focused, um, it, that translates into every, every part of your life. I mean, really, that's why you have you know parents bringing their little kids. They're trying to bring them at three or four years old. You know, they want their kids to get started because they want that. You know, they they're not bringing the four year old, you know, to come here and learn to fight. You know, they like, oh, he needs to learn discipline. I want him to to learn respect. You know, I want him. They want him to learn all these different values that come with training in the martial arts. And in, you know, if if I can say that, 
you know, Kaju Kembo has that, you know, the traditional part has all those different uh, aspects, you know, of the martial arts. But all, a lot of the new school, you know, does not have that. You know, they'll have the, you know, like the MMA, you know, like because you mentioned coaches, you know, you co- coaching boxing, you know, a boxing coach, a wrestling coach. You know, but they're not going to sit there. They're, they're not going to teach you how to, you know, bow and respect and, and have some kind of history there where, you know, a traditional martial arts is, is going to have that. And that, that's one of the things that, that I love about Kajikembo is, you know, you have the tradition, but you also have that, you know, it's limitless. And um, those values, you know, I see those values are still important to this day. When I was a kid, they were important. And I still think they're important. And, you know, I, I, you know, I just hope uh, people just keep that, that tradition going, but yeah, that's, and, and I would say the uh, martial arts, you know, changing my life. It's, if it wasn't for martial arts, uh, which we're going to get into my, my sickness, but martial arts helped me, you know, with my sickness, it actually uh, helping me uh, beat this thing, you know, we'll talk about, you know, We'll talk about that real soon. <laughs> All right. Or actually, <clears throat> we can talk about that now. Okay. Um, if you want to, I know just explaining what it is, I guess we'll, I guess if you can start with an explanation of what it is in a way that people can understand it, I guess. Okay. I, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. Sure, I'm sure you've gotten lots of practice with this because I'm sure you get asked this all the time. Yeah, yeah. And actually, today is the one year... Uh, uh, it's one year last year. Um, I got my first treatment, my first infusion, IVIG, which um, I didn't respond to. So uh, let, first, let me uh, explain what I have, and then the treatment and what happened with me. So um, what I have, it's an autoimmune condition, or if you want to call it auto, autoimmune disease, called CIDP, which stands for chronic inflammatory demyelinating polyneuropathy. And it's very rare, um, less than, what do they say, less than 10 people get diagnosed per 100,000 each year. It's basically what it is, is uh, you think of autoimmune, uh, my body's immune system is uh, going after the myelin or the insulation uh, sheath, the insulation of my nerves. And just a general term, nerves work like, uh, like wires with, you know, running electricity. These wires run through your muscles and send signals so you can, you know, fire and, and flex your muscles. And, you know, without your nerves, you can't you can't move, basically. So what it does is it, it, it makes you weaker or you get um, tingling, numbness, things like that. And the uh, the treatment, the IVIG is the first treatment, the, the normal treatment, the first thing they give you. And basically it's it's a immunoglobulin. Um, they give you uh, uh, donors uh, blood plasma, and it slows down your immune system, so your immune system doesn't attack the body. So I I ended up getting uh, diagnosed last year of January, and February I got uh, one year ago I got my first treatment. Then I got a second treatment the next month, and I got I started getting weaker, and I thought it was normal. I didn't know because they said every person's different. I got weaker. And by the time I was ready for my third treatment, you know, I was already in a wheelchair. It, it's, I, I got weaker. And then I ended up in the hospital and I got a plasma exchange and they filtered out my blood and my blood pressure dropped twice uh, really low. I mean, I, it was super low and it was, it was really bad. So they ruled out I, I couldn't get that treatment again. And when I went home, I started on prednisone, which is um, a steroid, and that helped a little bit. But at, at that point, let me just back up a little bit because I told you you get numbness, you get tingly, you get weakness. Well, what happened to me, I got to a point where I got so weak and my whole nervous system, I, something happened. It just crashed, and I lost use of my arms and legs and just different uh, functions. It's like someone reset my whole nervous system. If, if, you know, if I try to make it simple for you to understand, you know, they, they control all delete, you know, like a computer, but they did my nervous system, something happened. And 
you know, I, I couldn't even feed myself. That's how bad it was. I mean, I, I had to be assisted like on everything. I couldn't go to the bathroom. I couldn't shower. I mean, it, it was, it was hard. And, uh, after I came home and started the prednisone, you know, I started, uh, getting a little bit back, just a little bit. It was slowly recovering. And then I got an infusion of uh, this medicine that's actually not FDA approved for IDP, but it, it, it works because um, a lot of the symptoms are the same as uh, MS. So I'm actually getting the, the MS protocol with the uh, Rituxin and I get, a, I get it every six months. And once I got the treatment, all of a sudden my strength like started coming back and I just started progressing you know faster and faster so um now um i was in a wheelchair all year and just working on standing and then next you know we're using a walker and then i'm getting crutches and and now uh, I, i'm still using crutches but i got my balance back i don't know if you've seen the videos uh of me dancing but i got to the point where i took a few steps i lifted my crutches up took a few steps i did three laps around the, the rec room and then uh, another night, I just I started doing like a, a, a top rock, you know, one of the breakdance top rock with my crutches up in the air. So I was balancing, you know, pretty good. So I'm getting the balance back in, in and we expect a full recovery. So uh, I just building it up. The nerves are healing. Um, and then I'm building up my strength going through physical therapy and all that. But it, it is so rare. My my physical therapist, my occupational therapist, they have never had a patient with my condition. Um, my, uh, obviously my neurologist has, has had a few patients, not a lot, but she's had a few patients. So it, it's rare. And, uh, we're hoping it's, it's going to go into remission with the rituxin that that's the idea. So, but that's what it is. And martial arts, I know you're going to ask me a question about martial arts, but let me just say <laughs> that Kaju Kembo, um, and I, I gotta, you know, give credit to, to my, uh, my crew, Spectre crew, and the and the the b boying or the or the break dancing because that's that's also a big side of it. But the the Kajikemo philosophy, you know, and basically, you know, because you're a Kajikemo man, you know, but, you know, you you get your ass kicked, you get knocked down, and then you get back up and you try harder, and you just you don't quit. And that's how I I looked at this this uh, the sickness. I said I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to let it beat me. I'm just going to keep moving forward. I'm going to take the punches. I'm going to take the kicks. I'm going to, I'm going to get knocked down. I'm going to pick myself up. You know, I decide what my recovery is going to be. Not these therapists, not the doctor. Cause you know, they you go to the doctor and you know, the therapist and they're, they're trying to give me this. Well, you know, we, we, we can't guarantee that you're going to get better. And we don't know what percentage. And I stopped them right there. I said, well, hold on a second. Let me just, okay. You can't guarantee. Let me guarantee you that I'm going to do whatever it takes to have a full recovery and I will have a full recovery. And now they're just, they're amazed, you know, and they say, it's my attitude. It's, it's the way I think. And I said, well, you know what? It's just a Kajikamba way, you know, because you know how hard it was to get a black belt, yeah. you know, you got to put your time in and you got to take a beating, you know, if you, if, if you got a Kajikamba black belt and you've never been hit, then as far as I'm concerned, you're not a Kajikamba man, you know, yeah. You might as well go go down the street to Jack in a Box and try to buy your black belt there because you know get your you got to get hit. Get your you know black, what I'm saying? Get your black belt in the Happy Meal. <laughs> yeah, exactly the McDojo or something. I mean, or 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 go online and, and or just print out your own damn certificate. But yeah, you got you're gonna take a beating, and and I took a beating. There have been times where I laid in this bed and I couldn't move. I couldn't, you know, I, I mean, you just pick picture. You can't move your arms and legs and you got to call, you know, I got to, I got to go to the bathroom. I got to wake up my wife. I got to call her just so she can help me, you know, use a urinal, you know, and, you know, I feel so bad, you know, waking her up, you know, twice in one night and she's got to go to work the next day, you know, but, you know, that's just sitting there feeling, feeling helpless. But, you know, I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to be helpless. I'm, I'm going to push forward. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm real happy with my recovery and everyone's real happy with the recovery and you've been seeing the videos, but, but martial arts just, you know, it doesn't just make you strong physically, but, but mentally and spiritually, you know, we say body, mind, and spirit. And, uh, I'm applying that, uh, that philosophy, you know, to, to my life, to the sickness here. And, uh, you know, 
Well, there you go. <laughs> I think uh, I think a good way to for my listeners to understand what you're going through, because I, I had to I, I researched your disease and read article after article to try to figure out what you're going through. Because I mean, mm-hmm. since I'm not personally there, I can only see what's going on on the videos, and I was I was getting terrified there for a minute there. I almost I almost dropped everything just to go, because I I thought I was gonna lose you to be honest. For a little while there, I was really, I was really freaked out, and um, I'm really happy to see you recover. What I, the only stuff I found online was multiple sclerosis, and for those people that mm-hmm. don't know, you said MS earlier, and some people know yeah. what MS yeah. is, some people don't. Uh, multiple sclerosis is a uh, is a disease that pretty much affects all of your your brain, your spinal cord, your nerve system, your eyes. It pretty much shuts down your body from the outside in. And eventually, the person becomes paralyzed, and they eventually can't support themselves, and they eventually pass away. And I was, I was really scared, man. Really yeah, scared. yeah. CID, CIDP is a, uh, uh, you don't get the brain lesions, but all the other uh, peripheral, you know, all the other symptoms are exactly the same. So I was scared too. I'm not gonna lie, you know. I'm not scared now, but I was. There was a time where I was. You know, I would be laying in bed and I wasn't sure if I was going to wake up the next day. You know? Yeah. Well, I'm glad you did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. really proud of your recovery. I'm going to include, uh, if you don't mind, if you have some footage of that, you can send it over. I'll, I'm going to include that. Watch them. Yeah, yeah. Put, yeah. Those, put that in there too. So uh, one thing I, w- I wanted to say because um, – it, the CIDP, even though I was diagnosed in January, it actually started in October of 2017. Um, my right foot, I woke up and my right foot was asleep. And then my left foot fell asleep and then my left hand and then my right hand. So that's how it started. It's like they were just asleep. They were numb, you know. And I, did, I, I went to the doctor um, right away and I was misdiagnosed. So I waited a few months to go back in when my calves started going numb. It started moving upward. But um, I competed in uh, Professor Angie's tournament uh, with when my foot was numb. And uh, I could send you that, that footage as well if you want to post any of that footage. Yeah, um, I definitely I have. I have that handy. So I was, I was competing with the condition, and, and I'm recovering now. And I told her in April, because her tournament is in April, that I want to compete. And so I'm pushing hard. I'm, 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 you know, doing everything I can just so I can get out there and, and just get out on the floor. I don't care how good I am. I'm just, I'm going to do my best, you know, just do, do my heart, hardest out there and just, just, uh, you know, see where I, where I can go. But, you know, with time, you know, I, I set goals for myself, but my, my main goal is each week just to get stronger. No, n- n- not moving backwards, just always moving forward. And, and it's, it's been like that. Every time I go in and they do sh- grip strength and they test me and, and you, you've seen the videos, you know, I'm, I'm always doing something and, you know, I think it's amazing. I amaze myself. You know, I'm just like, Oh my God, I'm doing it. I can't believe it. You know, no, you're probably you know, doing it. I'm yeah, doing it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, watching your videos. I'm just always amazed is how, how much like, cause you post them every week and sometimes I'm checking the dates on this. I'm like, was this, did a month is this like from that is this did a month go by because like you, you you went from i remember one of your videos you you posted online you went from saying like that you can barely move your hand and then and that you were like you know you you were still in your wheelchair at this point and you were saying hey i can finally eat with my hands again and like within a week or two you were standing up out of your wheelchair like like you were touched by one of those uh, those evangelists or something, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 I was like, yeah, I, I, the recovery is just amazing, and every week you keep doing yeah, even more. Yeah. I'm just anyway, I saw you. And, and I'm I'm not trying to sound, uh, uh, you know, I don't I don't want to be arrogant or anything, but you know what? It's all me. What you put into it is what you get out of it. Isn't that what we tell our students? Yeah. What you put into it is what you get out. And that's what I tell myself when I'm working out. And, and that's why I, you know, I asked a good friend, one of my students and, and coach, he's a wrestling coach, um, to coach me when I go to my therapy sessions. Cause I want, I want to be pushed. I, I want to, you know, I don't, I don't want to walk out of that therapy session, you know, feeling good. 
I want to be exhausted. I want my muscles to hurt. I want to be pissed off at my coach. And he does that. And he's and he can get away. That's why I chose him because he can get away with pissing me off. You know what I mean? You know, and, and you understand where I'm coming from, you know, when, when you're constantly being pushed. And even if you don't like it, sometimes I don't want it. But that's what I chose because I need it. And he knows what I need. So that's that's why I said, okay, you know what? Let me get a coach involved. So he's just constantly you come with creative ways and he's just there for it. And then I got just such a great support system. Like, I mean, I've got you, I've got my Ohana, you know, I've, I've got my, uh, my B-boy crew, Spectre crew. I've got my family. I mean, just there's so many just positive, uh, you know, vibes coming everywhere, just from every direction. Just, you know, and that, that really just keeps me going. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's what it is though. Like a lot of people really, you look at research studies in um, in psychology, right? And they talk about how they gave placebo medication to people to to help them with whatever type of mental illness, or sometimes even in scientific studies with actual illnesses, they give placebos and they find thirty percent, thirty percent, a thirty percent placebo effect. People getting healed off of nothing, and really, it's not nothing. What psychologists say, it's not nothing. It's it's the idea that it's the belief, right? The belief. If you really believe in something, there's – and that, that's people – like you have a 30% chance. You can add – statistically speaking, you can add a 30% success rate to whatever amount of success you may already have going for you. You can add that much more by just believing in yourself and having the kind of attitude that, that – is carried through martial arts, right? Having that spirit, mm-hmm. that connection to the mind, body, spirit. If if your mind or your body is breaking down, you can always use your spirit to repair the other two, and that's that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, we're almost close to our wrap up, but I do want to come back to to one thing. In Kajukembo, it's very different from other schools where you just get a black belt, like you said. You earn it. You fight for it. You get your ass kicked for it, and uh, and you get back up and you keep fighting. But another thing that's really different from from other styles is some places, or a lot of places, I should say, you get your black belt, or if you're not talking about traditional martial arts, uh, you work as a, at an, you go to a boxing or wrestling background or MMA background. You go out there, you get you start your amateur or pro career, and then you finish, and you're done. Like once you get to that point. Uh, you compete and you get whatever you wanted out of it and then you're done and then you go home and, and it's uh, it's something that you talk about to your grandkids. But Kajukem was a little different in that your black belt is like, to quote, to, I think I'm quoting Shizu on this one, but your black belt's just the beginning. You get your black belt and then you're on your way to a new journey. And, and that journey, a big part of it, is giving back to your community and teaching. Mm-hmm. So how, I guess, what made you, when you found that out, because I didn't know that, like I was training under you, I was just wanted to, I just wanted to defend myself on, on the street. Like I wasn't even in it for the sports side of Kajukembo or the MMA side of Kajukembo. I was doing it because, you know, where we're from, there's people jumping people and shooting each other and stabbing each other. And I wanted to make sure I wouldn't get caught up in all that. And later training with you, you told me, I started realizing when I got my brown belt that this is becoming something more than just me learning how to fight and not give up and defend myself and be a better person. This is going more towards teaching. And I had to process that because I, 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 I never knew I was going to be around to this point where all of a sudden I'd be teaching. And then I had to kind of process what that was going to be like for me. But I'm wondering, how was that process for you? Like, how, what made you decide to say, okay, this is something that I not only want to do, not only want to train in, but I want to teach? Um, well, I, I've, always, um, I've always known that I wanted to be a teacher, you know, since, since the beginning. It, it wasn't one of those, um, you know, I'm training to be a badass. I want to win tournaments, uh, things like that. And then one day it just clicked for me, you know. I wanted to teach straight. I was a white belt, you know, and 
you know, I, I knew, you know, someday I want, I want to teach this. I, I wanted to make Kaji Kembo a household name because, you know, when I finally realized how rare Kaji Kembo was, I wanted to just spread the knowledge, you know, not for me, but I don't know, just the love for Kaji Kembo because, you know, people heard of Kung Fu and they heard of Bruce Lee, you know, that's a, you know, now that, you know, MMA, boxing, I wanted people to Kaji Kembo, oh yeah, I know what that is. I wanted them to know. And I wanted to be a part of that process of spreading the knowledge. So, so initially that, that's, that was my goal um, before I got a black belt was to go out there and, and help spread, you know, the knowledge because you could go, you know, look in the phone book or try to find a martial arts school and you wouldn't find Kaju Kembo because it was in someone's backyard or in the garage, you know, and there weren't that many teachers out there. So, but now there, there's a lot of teachers out there. We have a lot of good instructors out there and, you know, as I told you in, in the past about passing on the knowledge and, and giving back, you know, we're, we're black belts in life. We're not just, uh, you know, you hear people say, yeah, I was a black belt. I got a black belt in Taekwondo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or I got a black belt in Taekwondo. And I just look at people like, you know what I mean? Oh, so you spent 10 years or you spent five years, you worked your ass off to get that black belt so you could quit. That's like going to college and getting a college degree. I got my college degree. Okay, I'm going to go work at the Boys and Girls Club or I'm going to go work at McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, <laughs> why would you invest that time and effort, you know, especially in something that, that is, is special that you could give to someone else? You know, even if it's just one person, you know, I, I've, ha I've got a lot of black folks. You know, if you looked at my tree, you know, you're a part of a, a you know, an expanding tree. Um, but some of my, my black belt students have big schools. And my, if you look at my very first student, which is uh, Sifu uh, Simon Taylor, he has only one student. He's had a bunch of students, but he's got that one student that his first student, his dedicated student, you know. So it's just as long as you're passing the knowledge, as long as you're giving back, you know. And for him, I mean, I can go into another story with him, but, you know, it helped him get through college, you know. That's that's how powerful martial arts in general is. Just it, it helped him give direction. He he said I saved his life and got him you know in school and he became a physical therapist and it's just awesome and and he he trains in all these different styles you know he'll go train in this style so go for it you know do it you know you had um, Sifu uh, Francisco on your show just the other you know the last time and when it you know he's he's under me now he, he sees he'll ask me questions. And I give him, I give him my blessing. If it's great, great ideas, you know, you know, he'll be like, uh, you know, professor, you know, I have this idea. I was thinking I could do this or I can do this. And my answer is yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> shaking my head. Yes. <laughs> Meaning do both. Yeah. You know, <laughs> why, why limit yourself? You know, I, and it's just, you know, you know how I am when I teach and the funny things I say. You know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I should mention the first time we met. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I, I mentioned it in the show, but go ahead. Go ahead and tell them. Yeah. Tell them. <laughs> I, I asked you, I asked you, what is, what is Kajakembo? And what was your response? You, you said, you said, you said, before you, you knew it was Kajakembo. Oh, yeah. You said you, you were testing me. I remember you were testing me because you had read books and you trained with different people and you had a knowledge and you were asking me about sticky hands and, and I, and you were, you know, kind of surprised I had knowledge of that. So you asked me, what what style of martial arts do you teach? And I looked at you straight in the eye and I said, well, you see that tree right there? And I pointed to this tree branch. I said, put it this way. I can get up there, break that branch and whoop your ass with that tree branch. That's the style that I teach. <laughs> and you know what I loved about that? <laughs> what I loved about that is at that point, I've met a lot of different, I went to a lot of different dojos. I was a dojo hopper. I'd go in and do the trial week and try to get people to spar and, and if I couldn't, if I didn't see any contact, if I didn't see these people, if I saw it to be illegit, like if they said something like no punching to the face or any type of rules that I didn't feel were going to help me for my situation of dealing with gang violence, I'd just walk out of there and never come back. And and if I asked them the same question, like what style is this? Oh, you know, and they gave me some long story of some legend and start talking about someone who came from some other country and they're using chi and whatever. 
magical, whimsical wizardry. Um, yeah, I, 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 they, they'd lose me. They'd lose me. I, I already left one place that took, took two grand from me. And, and I already fell for that once and I wasn't going to fall for it again. And uh, you were the first person who just kind of broke it down in real terms. You, not, and then right, you, followed, you followed that with, hey, we have fight nights every Friday. You want to come over here and try it out? Come on in. You can fight my – I have big guys. I have small guys. I have, I have fast guys. I have strong guys. You come in and you can come and spar. You can see what it is. And that was – Yeah. That's what do, I love Do you remember it. though? Do you remember um, <laughs> when I said that to you about the tree branch? Sifu Mike was right there next to me. Yeah, yeah. He, just, he nodded his head. He just nodded, he his, nodded head. his head. Yeah, and like <laughs> just to mention, like Sifu Mike's is it's really big guy. He's, he's about six three or so. So it was very validating, you know. Like like you said, you're not a really big guy, right? And and you're sitting here, and you're like, this is one of my this is one of my students. I'm like, man, he's huge. Yeah, yeah. And he's sitting there like, yep, yep. And I'm like, oh wow, like you know, he not not only is he saying, I I really do feel that. If I can, if I push this guy, I am gonna get my ass kicked with the tree branch. I probably watch my mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's awesome. That uh, really brings me back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, back in the day. But, but yeah, you know, just um, to go back to what we were talking about. I know we went off subject. Um, just teaching. I I really enjoy teaching. I still teach, even though I can't physically do all the moves. I'm, you know, each time uh, I'm teaching my students, I'm I'm doing more and more. But when I when I couldn't move, I was still teaching from my wheelchair. I could, I you know, and that's that's what's nice about um, you know just you know, doing martial arts and, and training, you know, to the point where, you know, it's, it's, it's just part of you. It's second nature. Um, I could teach from my wheelchair. I don't have to go out there and do all the moves to teach, you know, and I don't, I don't think uh, just anyone can teach from a wheelchair, you know, no, I mean, I'm just, <laughs> you know, try, try doing it, sit, sit in the chair and teach boxing, you know, some people are good, you know, really good, great coaches, but unless you have experience, you know, you're, you know, because you want to get out there. I mean, there's times I want to get out there and I want to move. And I, I told my new, especially the new students, I said, you know, you think you're having fun now? I said, just wait till I'm up and moving because I'm a fun teacher. You know, <laughs> I, and, I enjoy, and I enjoy it. I, you know, I get, I get involved. I'm very physical, you know. <clears throat> so, but that, yeah, that's it. You know, I just love teaching. I love every aspect. I'm not just, you know, people pick one part of, of the martial art they want to do. Oh, I want to fight. Oh, I want to do self-defense, you know, oh, I want to compete. I want to do it all. I just, just whatever I can do and whatever I can do to give back. Well, brother, we are getting close to the wrap up, but um, I guess before we kind of get things finished up here, what's a message that you would have for anyone who's interested in training in martial arts? Um, message, I guess uh, my message would be uh, when, when you go out, because, because it, it's got to be confusing when you like you want to do MMA and you have all these different coaches, you know, boxing coach and uh, uh, Muay Thai coach and, and coach and a coach and a coach and a coach. Um, I'd say if you're if you're just getting started, if you if, or even if you want to, you know, try a different style, um, it, it's going to start with your teacher. You know, find a good teacher. Style is I think style is not important. I think what's important is that you find a good teacher. You find a good human being that you click with, that you connect with, you know, because you think about it. If you have a teacher and you hate his guts, you know, you hate his, how are you going to learn from that person? Maybe you might learn something for a short, short term, but as far as long term and having a, a healthy relationship and, you know, like in Kajikembo, we're Ohana. My students, I see them as my family, you know. You know, not dojo jumpers, you know, do, dojo jumpers don't see, don't have that mentality, but, you know, don't be a dojo jumper, you know, check out different dojos, check, check out different stuff. But, you know, in the end, it's going to really what matters is, is finding a good human being, a good person, you know, to pass the knowledge, you know, and, and when you start something, try to complete it. I, I recommend people to, to pick a martial arts, get your black belt, because that is the beginning of your journey. And then venture out and go, you know, dabble with all these styles because you'll get your basics. You want to get your basics. That's important. You know, I, I can't imagine starting over and trying to have four or five different coaches. It would be too confusing. 
you know, but that's my message. Find a good person, find a good teacher and think about it. If you have a good teacher, he's going to be loyal to you. You're going to be loyal to him or her, you know, and it's, it's going to last you a lifetime, you know? So that's, that's my message. That's a good message, man. That's a great message. Well, brother, um, what do you have? What's going on now? Uh, what do you want? What's going on in your, I guess, I'm sure you have a Facebook page and you have some events coming up. What's going on right now? What's coming up? Um, well, you know, I'm just, I'm just building. Um, let me just say that um, my, my work, um, I work at Home Depot. Um, I'm on LOA right now. They, they've approved uh, uh, an extension of my LOA so I have more time so that I, I can heal more and, and I get to keep my, uh, my position and, and keep my, uh, you know, my, um, my years at Home Depot because I have 18 years with the company and I was worried that, uh, you know, my one-year mark was coming up and they terminate at one year. And I would lose my 18 years. And if I go back, I'd have to start over and, you know, as a new employee and all that stuff. But but they came through, you know, they, they really uh, supported me on that. And and so I got six months uh, extension and I'm just going to focus on getting stronger. You know, so obviously I want to go back to work. Um, this year is actually uh, my 10 year anniversary with Spectre Crew. Um, I'm planning on having a big event this year um, for our 10 year anniversary. And uh that, that's a big deal because 10 years ago, my kids um, asked me to uh, start teaching them breakdancing, and it turned into bringing back the old crew. And, and as you know, Angelo, you and I had been battling each other years before that, even before the kids were learning. You remember, yeah. like, I mean, for years and years and years, we'd go in my backyard and, and dance battle each other, and, and uh, it turned into something. And, and uh it's been 10 years, so, you know, we're going to celebrate that. But but that was something that uh, we started 10 years ago. And originally, I, you know, I started dancing in, in 1982. So it's been a long journey, and uh, it's, it's a part of my life. And, and I just want to throw it out there. And, uh, you know, as far as what I'm, my goals are, you know, just the martial arts, just I, – I oh, actually, I, I am going to do some free workshops uh, to give back to the community. Um, it's going to be non-contact, you know, giving uh, – uh, more of the basics and exercising, physical aspects and, and fitness. That's as soon as I recover and I can physically move around and teach. That's one of the things I'm going to do is is have a free uh, community program that I'm just going to do for free. Like I did the the uh, b-boy sessions at the rec center for free. I want to do something for the community and I'm going to be giving that back. You know, so anyone who's interested in, uh, you know, just dabbling in the martial arts or they just want to get a good workout or work on the basics, you know, I'm going to offer that for free. So that's what I'm going to be doing. And, yeah, that that's it. That's, that's uh, you know, as far as this year, next year, uh, you know, I'll be 50 years old next year. Next year, I, I plan on just competing um, just because I, I lost a year. I want to come back even stronger, start competing martial arts, you know. Whatever I can do, like I said, I don't want to limit myself, but I'm going to see, explore, you know, my options, what I can do. And then I also want to enter some of them b-boy, some of those breakdance battles. I want to be like one of the oldest guys out there just, just competing and battling. But, you know, I don't want to just be out there. I want to be good. I'm going to be training, like, you know, really hard for, for everything. And, and it's still only going to make me stronger, you know. That's the way I see it. Just keep physical and, and um, doing all the things I love to do. Go fishing. Go hiking. You know, just, just have fun. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, well, real quick, that anniversary, when and where is that? Um, you know, Ed, that's to be determined. Oh, okay. I, I haven't picked picked a venue bit yet, but uh, I can give a few details. It is going to be a, a five v five or a five on five crew battle, and I'm definitely going to have the crew battles because you know it's called Return of the Crew. We've been doing Return of the Crew for for ten years, yeah, and. Um, That'll be around Mar March or um, I th I'm thinking more in the summertime. I want to. Oh, okay, cool, more. cool. So okay, it, it'll be summer. I, I'm just summertime. checking because like, I'm recording now, but this podcast isn't coming out till March. That's <laughs> that's what. Okay, I, that's, yeah. so cool. Yeah, so summer. Yeah, so, so, from, so summertime. All right, cool. And that's in know, what, and for my listeners, uh, that's in San Diego, California. San Diego. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be San Diego, California, and um, that that's the the big thing that that I got planned. I want to have a nice venue. I'm, I'm not sure if I want to do the park thing because usually we'll do the park. We do the free barbecue. You know how I do the spread. Yeah. You know, I, I'm always doing this free stuff for the community. It's like 
I can I can use that for free or if I get a nice venue, but then people will have to pay. Yeah. So it's kind of like, do I want people to pay or do I want to give it for free? Because when I give it for free, you know, I pay some out of my pocket, but I, I look at it like a big party. When you throw a party at your house, you know, you spend that money on your food for catering yeah. and your family and your friends enjoy it. And that's the way I see it when I throw a jam. I yes. want and it's more I fun. Want the people, <laughs> exactly. I want the community, the people community to really enjoy it and not have to worry about, oh, I have to spend, you know, five dollars or ten and and they'll have an opportunity to battle, you know, to enter the competition for free and win money. You know? It's just you know, but I'm I'm gonna I want to do something special this year. I don't want to give too much information. Um, it's it's it is gonna be fun though. It's gonna be special. So that's cool. cool. Well, that's what we're gonna do. You heard it here first, folks. It's gonna come up in summer. Keep an eye out. Um, in the episode notes or in the description on YouTube, uh, you can jump in, and I'm gonna have a a link to the Beat Boy Crew and another link to the Kaja Campbell program so you can keep an eye out on events that uh, Professor Ronnie Sagiri has coming up. Well, brother, I want to thank you so much for taking your time. I know I promised you I would keep it within an hour because I know you got some break dancing to do and the crew's coming right over to practice. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. They keep blowing up my phone right now. They're calling me because I think they're on the way. <laughs> so... So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you get to that, but again, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks and, for having uh, me. And we'll we'll definitely yeah. keep in touch. Right. All right. Well, for, and, uh, for my listeners, um, stay tuned uh, for the wrap up of the show and for some events I got coming up myself. Hey, thanks for watching Social Jolo with Angelo. Uh, I said watching, not listening. So for my podcast listeners, I really appreciate you checking out the show. Go to www dot socialjello.com to learn more about how you can support the show i'm on all the other social media outlets and my website has connections to all of them so please check that out and thanks for supporting the show stay tuned till next time peace